Welcome to season two, episode two of Sister Stories. This is Shantae from the Sisters Group. Thank you for joining us today. We will be talking to Tamara about her experience with surviving domestic violence. Tamara will share and highlight forgiving herself, how she sought therapy, and sisterhood. Join us. Today, we are welcoming Tamara. Hello, hello. (laughs) Welcome. I'm so happy. Like, I'm so happy that you're here today. I'm glad to be here as well. Thank you. Thank you for the invite. It's a pleasure. (laughs) You and I have actually um, gotten closer on Thursday Thursday nights where we have our um, mindfulness sessions. And today is the first day that we actually are meeting in person. Yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) From weeks of um, seeing each other on Thursday nights. Mm -hmm. We'll we'll definitely get into the mindfulness later during the recording. But tell me how you're feeling today. How are you? Oh, my gosh. I am feeling amazing. I am actually feeling amazing. Just like like I'm just flowing through life you know just <laughs> la 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 you know you can think of um a little girl just running through the fields of daisies oh, that's that's kind of how I feel today may I borrow just a little bit oh honey please <laughs> you can have some <laughs> today was a slight struggle just a little struggle but okay. I got the kids this one time good so that good I, job. I count my small victories yes that was a victory. definitely they just got the <laughs> brought your little one he's so handsome yes thank you so adorable my busy guy uh-huh yeah so outside of being a mom and I'm sure the other many hats that you wear tell us about you who is Tamara who is Tamara Ooh, that's a loaded question right. <laughs> <laughs> um Tamara is a lover of all things beautiful um Tamara is um, a woman who in her later years um, is becoming who she was destined to be. Um, Tamara is um, a friend's friend. Mm -hmm. Um, Tamara is strength, strength that um, doesn't come from me, but strength that comes from my belief uh, and in whom I believe. Um, Tamara just tries to be the best person that she can to help as many people and you as doing, I go through this you, life. You are doing it. You are doing it, Tamara. <laughs> Thank you. you Thank are. you. I'm, I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying every day. You know, you just have to put one foot in front of the other and it's not always easy, but when I think of other people, when I think of outside of myself, outside of how um, how I'm feeling, how I can show up and best be of service to other people, that gives me strength, you know, and that makes me say, okay, you can do this. You can do this because, you know, there are other people who don't have the strength that you have that are looking to you. So, you know what? 
you got a little bit more, so give them some. You you, you can you can stand, you know, you can stand to give a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. so uh, mm-hmm. that's that's who I am in a in a nutshell. In a nutshell. Not perfect. Not perfect. Um, who is? <laughs> not perfect by far. But I tell people, although I'm not perfect, I try to be faithful in everything that I do. In everything that you do. Beautiful. Beautiful. And I'm actually going to switch the questions up a tad bit because of that beautiful explanation of who Tamara <laughs> is. <laughs> um, as I mentioned in the intro, the sister story where sharing the journey. We're sharing the strength. We're um, taking out the stereotypes, the myths, the stigma. And if Tamara was the agency, you're the agency that's, that you just mentioned that helps everybody. Mm-hmm. But what was the greatest gift that you've given yourself throughout the healing journey? During um, your healing journey, what was the greatest gift that you've given yourself? I think the greatest gift... Um, that I've given myself is the ability to forgive myself. Um, mm-hmm. The ability to, to know that um, it's not all my fault. And it is. Um, I'm not the only one. Um, and that I can get past this, but First of all, just forgiving me, starting there, forgiving me, being able to hold space with myself and um, just forgive me, give myself some grace, grace, Um, grace, because I can easily give other people grace, but it was me. When I looked at me, when I realized what I was going through, how could you allow this to happen to you um, when I'm not a weak person, but again, with, with the stigmas, there is no, um, though it, there, there is no set criteria or look to this thing. Um, just like anybody is susceptible to COVID-19, anybody is susceptible to domestic violence. Um, and even in this journey, learning that the face of domestic violence is so different. There's so many different aspects to domestic violence. And a lot of people don't even realize that that is what they're going through. Me, Tamara, me. I didn't know until yeah. I sought help and I listened. I'm like, that was me. Wait, that's domestic violence? I you had no experience idea. In this. Exactly. That was me. I had, I had no idea. It wasn't until I sought help and they're like, you know, that's the domestic Same. violence. I said, Same here. huh? Because I was that one, hmm, hit me if you want to. Ah, baby, it's going to be on and popping. But it's not just that. Physical. It is. It's not just that. It's hair at you day by day. Just and the then. words. You know, financially, it's emotionally, it's it's so much, so much, so much more. And that's the one thing that I would, if if I could say anything to anybody listening, is that, um, you know, they used to tell us when we were growing up, the sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That is a lie. It is the biggest lie ever. I eat it because. The words that someone speaks to you 
can tear you down faster than a hit. Because if somebody hits you, it's going to hurt for a minute. Mm -hmm. But after a while, that hit, that sting, that it goes away. Mm -hmm. But those words, those words, you, you internalize those words and they stick with you and you wind up rehearsing them day after day week after week, month after month, year after year. So you believe that. You believe that. So you start walking in that. So words are very, 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 very powerful, both positive and negative. So yeah, that would be. And I would definitely agree because I did not experience physical abuse, but the verbal, verbal. And then when I would look into the mirror, I could see what they said Mm -hmm. and I started believing it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what like broke me down Mm -hmm. day after day. And as you mentioned, you're a strong, you you speak how you walk with confidence. So I know that um, your strength just didn't happen overnight. And that's the same with my story. And I just didn't understand how could my mom instill this in me? She's strong. I'm strong. How did I let this happen? Right. Like, how did I get here? How dare you? <laughs> how did I get here? The unmitigated gall of you to allow somebody to do you like this? I do. And so much so that you were ashamed to tell people that really knew you. I couldn't say a word. I yeah. Because you were like. Oh, they would not believe they would not you. Oh no, no. And no, wait a second, I covered it. up for him too, so they wouldn't believe from him. I hid so much, mm-hmm. so many of his red flags, everything flying everywhere. But I oh, hid yeah. everything. One of I would, mm-hmm. he would throw it out, hide it, throw it out, hide it. Yeah. So when I came to seek help from my family, they just was like, "What? Domestic yeah. violence? Yeah." So, wow. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you so much. And with that, what were the signs? I know you mentioned some of them, but were there any signs that you can share where, um, I guess not signs, but when you said enough was enough, what was it that said, Tamara, seek help? You can't do this alone. When I looked over at my little baby, when I looked over in the face of that little boy who I had no idea, um, first of all, he was a true blessing and miracle from God, because I was told that I would never be able to have children. Mm-hmm. And I found out that I was having him on an emergency room visit for something totally unrelated. And at, by this time, I'm getting ready to hit 40. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking at this little person, and I'm like, this little person that I have prayed for Year after year after year, I would cry asking God, will you please give me somebody to love me who's going to love me unconditionally, who won't ever change his love or her love for me. And I'm looking at this little boy and I'm like, mm-mm. There has to be something better than this. Mm-hmm. And I had to get out of pride and open my mouth and say, help. That was the hardest thing for a person like me who's 
always helping other people, always there for other people to ask for help for myself. And I'm still working on that even as of today, um, knowing that it's okay to ask for help. And I know that a lot of people will stay in their situations because they don't think that there is anybody out there that will help them. But there is, there is, there are, you know, people out there that will help. But a lot of times people don't know that you need the help until you say something. Cause you know, just like we were just saying, nobody would have believed that I was in the situation that I was in. They wouldn't have believed that. But unless I said help, mm-hmm. they wouldn't have known. So, you know, I learned, hey, Yeah, everybody needs help at some point in their lives. And it's okay to ask for help. And yeah, you're praying and asking God to help you. But guess what? He uses people Mm -hmm. to help you. So if you don't open your mouth and say anything, you're not going to get the help. So I'm like, guess what, girlfriend? You got to suck it up for this little boy. And at the time, he was five months old. I'm like, I have a baby. I'm like, I, yeah. Like whatever, whatever it takes. And that was, that was my attitude. Whatever it takes to make sure he is good. I will, I'll deal with whatever the consequences are. I'll deal with whatever the uncomfortableness of what I have to go through is. And yes, it was uncomfortable. It was, it was very uncomfortable. I I think I, I cried a lot and I remember um, where I was at the place that um, I was staying when he and I had to go into um, the shelter. The director and I, we talked often. And I think I was just this broke little fragile lady. Mm-hmm. I had no idea, but I was holding on to so much so much and I remember one day in one of our sessions she looked at me and she said I think it would be a good idea if you went and talked to somebody outside of me that could really help you and I was like oh she wanted to go see a therapist oh. in so many words well, do she, does she think I'm crazy <laughs> what what is it and I will say to this day, that was the best thing she could have ever done for me was to um, suggest that, you know, and that really helped me go through the entire process. That has really been um, one of my strengths and go-tos through this whole thing is therapy. So there is nothing wrong with therapy. You don't have to be crazy going through anything, just the ability to be able to talk to somebody and then be able to help you process what you're thinking, what you're feeling, um, to be able to give you some insight. Because some of the things that you think and feel, you're like, what? What is this? But these people are professionally trained to help you and they help pull things out of you. Because my therapist has been able to pull things out of me. And we're still together to this day. And this has been, what, three, four years ago. 
you know, and her and I, we still talk and I'll never forget. She said, I remember what you looked like the first day that you came in. And I'll never forget, I was sitting on the couch with her and she said, oh, you look so much better. She said, I see the healing. She's like, I can literally see the healing taking place in you. So I would say that to definitely anybody going through this, you definitely don't have to go through it alone. And yes, seek help. Yes. Not just help to get you out of that situation, but seek help to help you find your way through it. Exactly. And understand mentally and emotionally how you got to that place, you know, and how to get through it. So definitely seek help. Thank you, Tamara. Now you mentioned two powerful things. One was when you decided to leave because there are so many survivors, as in myself, who are terrified to leave, even though they know that this is not a safe place, but they're terrified because how, in my situation, I had two babies. How am I going to raise these two babies without him? Mm -hmm. So I'm thankful that you shared that, like, hey, you can leave with small children. Mm -hmm. There's help out there. And um, at the end of the recording, we'll give more information, but you don't have to stay because of your children. No, no. I always tell people that is the worst thing to ever, ever, ever do is stay in a situation because of your kids. Because the thing is, we don't give children as much credit as they need because they understand that. And our children feel what we go through. They do. They so come under you and hug on you and they just get yeah, closer when they feel they, they can they feel, feel that. And then as they get as they get older and they're seeing all that, those things manifest in different behaviors that they have. So they see that. So they grow up right. with that mentality thinking, okay, this is how I should be treated, or this is how I should treat others. So you're doing a disservice to your children by standard. And I know, yes, it's hella hard. So hard. Look, mine is now six and seven and it's still hard. <laughs> it is It is hard. By, by, by no means will I ever tell anybody that, um, but that is easy. But you have to think about it um, in this way. It's hard for a moment, but what would be harder? Dealing with this, possibly losing my life, or losing myself and still be living. Cause you can be living and be dead all in the same space. Or going through a struggle for six months or a year or whatever, and then being better. I'd rather be at peace in a one room shack with a wood stove and water and ramen noodles. Mm-hmm. Than to be in a mansion. It is the peace. It is the peace. You you can't buy it. You can't buy it. Everything else you can get back, but it's the peace. The peace that you have in knowing, you know. And now it's it's so much. It's so much going on. I was just reading an article, um, the other day where there was a situation, and not only did he take the mother's life but this little innocent baby Mm -hmm. took the baby's life as well so it's like you don't know the situations you know you're dealing with and sometimes 
you know, from some of the stories that I've read and other ladies that I've talked to, you know, they say it just happened all of a sudden. There were those, there were those things that were leading up to it and then it just exploded. Mm-hmm. So we have to be, you know, cognizant and mindful of what we, what we allow, what right. we allow. And through this process, I've learned that people will only do to you what you allow them to do to you. So we have to really practice self-love and self-care for ourselves. We have to show people how to treat us. Right, right. And the second thing was seeking therapy. When I um, was in the beginning um, of my journey and I sought help, I knew I needed therapy. Like you can feel it. I, I knew something was wrong. I was mm-hmm. too. De- I was drowning in depression. Mm-hmm. Like I couldn't move. I only moved because I had to take the kids to school. I only moved because I had to cook for the kids. I knew I needed help. But those first few therapists, I didn't feel that connection, and um, I didn't get the outcome that I was seeking. But I was blessed to have come to the Women's Resource Center, and they connect me with a therapist. And she pulled back so many layers mm-hmm. that I did not know was there. Mm-hmm. She took me back to my childhood to where things first began exactly. and why I got into a certain marriage, why I was attracted to this man. And what, you know, she let me, she allowed me to see things about myself that I didn't know. Mm-hmm. So when you mentioned to our listeners to seek therapy, that's very important. And I want to make sure they yes. know that that's one of the things that, um, I highly suggest it is. <laughs> it, it, it is. It is a lifeline. And especially now, um, you know, after going through the pandemic and, oh, definitely. you know, a lot of people have had the opportunity to really sit with themselves. And through this whole pandemic, I prayed for um, women and men both uh, that were in the house. Right. Right, right. With right. some with with their abuser yeah. and having to go having to go through this. I oof, I don't I don't I don't know how they did it, but you know, even going through that definitely needs therapy after that, because after having to be not really having an outlet for almost a year, you know, if anything, you you know, you might have been able to go to work or go over family members' house to get away from it, but to have to endure it day in and day out, um, it, it, it takes a toll on you. It takes a toll on you mentally, physically, emotionally, the, the, whole, the whole thing. So yeah, definitely, even more so now than ever, definitely seeking the help. Okay. As I mentioned in the beginning, um, you and I, we have connected more on Thursday nights. Mm -hmm. Today's Thursday. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So um, with the mindfulness session, which consists of a check-in. We start off with everyone checking in, telling us how they're feeling, how was their week. We have the inspiration video. We then go into meditation and we close it with um, a moment to be present, to be intentional with ourselves. Mm-hmm. So with that, how has coming together with the sisters on Thursday nights impact your day-to-day activities? <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you, I look so forward to Thursday <laughs> nights. That is like my 
girl night. You know, that's like a night for me hanging with the girls, no kids involved with a glass of wine, whatever. <laughs> that is my chill night. It's like, guess what? Everything has to be shut down at this time because I need this moment. That has changed the game for me completely because outside of being a survivor, we still have other things in life that we go through. Um, and for me, last year was hard. Mm -hmm. It was hard, real hard for me. I lost my baby sister in a tragic accident. And then three months later to the exact date, my mother passed from COVID. Then another family member passed. Then another family member passed. So it was just so much. And I was so over. And not to mention, in the house with a three-year-old at the time with nowhere to go. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I'm about to lose it. I'm about to lose it. And (laughs) I just love how God just sends little angels Uh to me. And he did that by way of one of our mentors. And she called just to check on me. And in that started telling me about the different groups and the connecting um, with other sisters. And Mm -hmm. when I tell you that has been such a blessing to me, because again, when you go through things, you tend to think that you're the only one. Mm -hmm. But it was in my connection with the other sisters, the other survivors, and hearing their stories. And I was like, (gasps) <gasps> wait a minute that, that's not, that ain't just me or even sharing some of the slides and stuff and I'm looking I'm like oh my gosh right. they're talking about me in black and white how did I forget all my business <laughs> and it's like wow it's not just you so 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 many times and especially as women we go through so much and when we feel like we're alone in that situation we think that we're the only ones and we're not. But when you get connected with other people, the saying that there is strength in numbers is very, very true. There is strength in in numbers. And I gathered a lot of my strength from those sisters. So I look forward to the Tuesday nights. I look forward to, you know, the Thursdays, you know, being able to connect you know, have that community um, with other ladies that we can continue even still in this journey, you know, of, of um, just being a help to each other, you know, and just understanding that we're all in this together. And that's actually what this um, season is about, sisterhood. So with this season, we're focusing on sisterhood. And the sister groups, as you know, was created um, so we can empower, encourage, educate, educate, and enlighten each other. So with that, what role does sisterhood play? Does it play now? And how? Did, what roles did it play in your past um, during your journey? How did sisters show up for you? Um, hmm. It was, it was, um, it was a big part. A big part there were um 
several sisters that we walked together in this, you know, we were there for each other. Um, with our kids, we watched our kids grow um, together, you know, um, just again, to see other people um, in your in your same situation, who experiencing, you know, like you said, similar things. Um, and just, just watching, just watching them, you know, and then because of where we were, I, I'd have to say, um, we were truly blessed with being, um, in the house that we were, that we were in, um, because the things that we experienced, the things that we were exposed to help remind us that what we went through doesn't define who we are. We are still women. We're still mothers. We're still educated. We're still whatever it is we want to be. Um, so I've, I've carried that. I've carried that with me and will continue uh, to carry. And I can definitely relate to that because in the beginning, I, as I shared, I hid a lot of things. Mm -hmm. So I didn't tell my best friends. I didn't tell, you know, my family members, people who know me. But once I gained that sisterhood of complete strangers. Complete strangers. But who also <laughs> experienced domestic violence. It was a different sistership that we created. Mm -hmm. And it, it helped me with that piece. It helped me with raising the kids. I felt comfortable with giving, getting a mommy moment just to clear my mind. So that's what we're sharing this season to let the survivors know that sisterhood plays a large role. It plays a huge, <laughs> a huge role in this. And Definitely. they're not alone. Mm -mm. Even if they have to come to listen to the sister stories, to know that we're backing them 100%, yes. there's a whole sisterhood that's here welcoming them with open arms. Exactly, exactly. So uh, we'll end it there. We'll end it there. <laughs> thank you so much, Tamara. Um, oh, it was a pleasure. I enjoyed it. Thank you for your time and generosity to share your story. I know it will bless um, someone who's listening today. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Sister Stories. It's important to note that everyone's situation is different and leaving an abusive partner may not be an immediate or safe option. To explore additional options or for help with safety planning, please call the Women's Resource Center 24 hours at 404-688-9436 or the National Domestic Violence Hotline. That number is one 800 799 7233. According to the National Coalition Against Domestic Violence, domestic violence is prevalent in every community and affects all people regardless of age, socioeconomic status, sexual orientation, gender, race, religion, or nationality. The devastating consequences of domestic violence can cross generations and last a lifetime.